exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Dump it off every near side. 25-20 to the boundary. 15-10. Makes a cut at the 5. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. Across the state. And around the world. It's time to talk LSU Fighting Tiger football. Daniel's going to keep pulls from Williams. Gets outside the numbers near side. Leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. This is the Brian Kelly Show. Live from TJ Ribs. Our weekly visit with the top Tiger. Great to see everybody here tonight at TJ Ribs. Uh, it's a nice crowd. <laughs> This week's Brian Kelly Show starts now. From TJ Ribs in Baton Rouge, standing by with Coach, here's the voice of your fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Well, good Thursday evening. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Brian Kelly Show. Great to see another great crowd here at TJ Ribs. As always, we welcome you in wherever you're listening tonight, coast to coast, and for that matter, Around the world, your Fighting Tigers now 1-1 one one on the season. They come off a dominating performance over Grambling last week in the home opener, 72-10. Week 3 is upon us, and LSU will travel to Starkville to open SEC play this coming Saturday morning at 11 a.m. They'll take on Mississippi State for the 117th time in school history. Tonight we'll put a bow on last week's win quickly, then focus on the preparation this week, and of course get a scouting report on the Bulldogs before we're done. So let's get it started. Why wait? Tiger fans, my pleasure to welcome the head coach of your LSU Fighting Tigers, Brian Kelly, everybody. <laughs> coach, I say it every week, it is uh, great to see you. I know uh, a big game coming up this Saturday. You had a great effort by your team, as I mentioned in the game this past weekend. Uh, but here we go. We're gearing up for another big challenge, and uh, not only that, stepping into SEC play for the first time this year. Yeah, five weeks consecutive of SEC play, and everything has to turn up. Uh, practice, preparation, uh, everything that we do has to be under a microscope because, look, it, this is what you play for, you know, to play these games, and, and then you're going on the road. Um, so two out of the next three, uh, three out of four on the road, so it is a tough stretch for this football team. And, you know, we've, uh, you know, learned a lot about our team in these, these past couple of weeks. And I think we apply that now going into week three and certainly against, uh, you know, a really good opponent uh, in uh, Mississippi State and at their place where we all know a uh, very difficult place to play. And uh, uh, I think everybody knows that's a, that's a recipe for um, a, a a tough road game in the SEC. You know, it was, uh, as I mentioned, a great performance overall last Saturday by the Tigers. And, of course, these fans here tonight and those that are listening, they were out in full force, ready to go in that home opener, started the day early. Uh, obviously, taking care of business on the field was first and foremost for your team. But it, it clearly looked like uh, they enjoyed the walk down Victory Hill for the first time this season, coming out of the shoot into uh, Tiger Stadium. It was enjoyed by all. Do you guys as a team, and I, and I don't know if it, pertains to maybe the first home game of the year or every home game do, do you do you talk about the balance of enjoying those moments there's only so many they get as uh, student athletes here at LSU while at the same time not let it be a distraction from as I said the, the job at hand yeah that's a really good question and I think that over my years of being a head coach that I want our guys to take that in if you know 
uh, or if you watch our guys, they take their headphones off. Um, they don't have headphones on. Uh, we don't want them uh, to not respect uh, the atmosphere uh, for those that are coming out to uh, show their support. Uh, we want them to take that in and, and enjoy that moment. And there's not many of those opportunities, as you mentioned, Chris. So uh, those are the times that we want our guys to really enjoy uh, that Victory Hill experience. And I think they, they kind of understand that now. You know, last week on the show we talked about, uh, you talked about how you really like the way the guys bounce back, came to work, raised their energy level during practice. And I know I've heard coaches over the years talk about building that energy. Uh, you know, you look at the last game, you put that behind them, you fix, try to fix and identify the mistakes, and then you start ramping up and building this energy towards Saturday's game and then have that crescendo, if you will, for that three-plus hours on the field. Looking back last week in totality, was that what you saw? Is that what you felt? Yes. Uh, it, it was better, uh, and it can even get better. Uh, and. I think they're starting to understand what it takes to prepare at the highest level. And um, I thought that they were better uh, week one to week two. Uh, I thought today uh, we built even a higher sense of urgency in our Thursday uh, preparation. And so it's a learning experience. As we talked about, we have a lot of first-year players that are playing prominent roles, and they're learning about how to prepare the right way because you can't just turn it on Saturday and say, okay, it's time to flip the switch. I'm going from preparation to performance and not have a build-up to it. It really begins 48 hours prior to the game, Thursday, and Friday uh, is an opportunity for them to really start to focus in on you know, what's important now. Eliminate the distractions. How many tickets does uh, mom and dad need or who needs something? You know, eliminate all those distractions and now start to focus in on what your job is. That's Friday. And then Saturday, you start to bring that, uh, that emotion and that sense of urgency. So it is definitely a buildup over 48 hours. You know, one of the things I tell people, having spent the time I have in college athletics, I've always said I've been amazed at student athletes in all sports, the way they have to organize and be detailed in everything they do when the season is on, in the off season, And I imagine that becomes so critical during a game week for a football team that has 12 guaranteed games. Yeah, it really does. And look, I mean, when you talk about – this game and what it teaches i mean it teaches so many of the life skills necessary to be successful when football's over and and that's why i love what i do because we're teaching these young men uh how to prioritize um how to say uh what's important right now and and what do i need to get done um whether it's dry clean my suit or get the laundry done or make sure that I've got my parking passes or the tickets, as we mentioned, and just all those little detail things. I know those sound silly, but look, we live with those things every every single day in our, in our own lives, and these guys then also have to go to class, take care of their academics, and then certainly perform from a football standpoint. So they have a lot on their plate, and, and um, I give them credit that uh, they're able to balance all of these things. And... Um, when, when they're ready, um, uh, you see it kind of show itself on the field, too, in the way they play. You know, you talk about LSU football, and one of the great mantras, if not the overall theme, is, is graduate champions. That's mm-hmm. what you do here uh, in your program. And you talk about the, the newcomers who are having to learn what's expected and how to do and when to do. Um, now that you're two-plus weeks into the season with fall camp, 
Um, I know you rely on those leaders that were here last year. Again, yeah. uh, you know, that, and, and I have to imagine as those start to emerge, then you start to see how everybody can fall in line. Yeah, I mean, I think when, when our freshmen come in, it's really a matter of unconscious incompetence. They don't know that they don't know. <laughs> right. and, and, and as they're with us, they become – you know, that level of unconscious competence. They know what to do. They just can't do it because they don't have the right habits. A lot of our guys that have been here are at the third level, which is a conscious competence. They know what to do. They know how to do it, but they have to think about it every day because it's really hard. You know, we want to get to an unconscious competence where they don't have to think about it. It's habit forming. It just happens naturally. And so we're in the process right now, and so each year when you have new players in a program, and we have a lot, um, we have to live through that and can't get frustrated. We just have to continue to, to work on our process with these guys, and, and they'll, they'll come along, but sometimes they take more time. Uh, I've said this before. Sometimes they, you just can't take them out of the oven yet. They just need to keep cooking, and some of these guys are ready to take out uh, some aren't. Sometimes you got to take them out, and you got to you got to live with it too. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of both. All right, fans. A lot more to come tonight. We're just underway with Coach Brian Kelly. Uh, we're going to talk about last week's win over Grambling, and we'll talk about this week's preparation and what the Tigers expect coming up on Saturday morning when they take on Mississippi State in the SEC opener. Stay right where you are. More coming up right after these words. Back to the right side of Jaden Daniels. Opening drive of the ball game, 12-34 clock moving first quarter. No score, but the Tigers on the march. Lacey out wide to the left. Trip receivers out wide to the right. As Daniels looks right, calls for the football, and will get the snap. Two steps, drops back, slings it towards the end zone, has a man wide open, cradling under it, right corner with the catch. Brian Thomas, Jr., touchdown, fighting Tigers. Back with more live from TJ Ribs. This is the Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back here on this Thursday night, Tigers get set tomorrow to travel to Tupelo, Mississippi. And then on Saturday, we'll make the drive over to Starkville. It'll be Mississippi State LSU kickoff just after 11 a.m. Fans, eat, drink, and strike gold with Revelry, the official tailgate partner of LSU Athletics. Take the fan experience to a whole new level. Reserve now while spaces last. It's go time. Visit RevelryTeam.com today. Coach, last week against Grambling, um, I, I guess I don't want to go out on a limb here, but the offense was efficient. They were crisp. They were well-balanced. And, and I wanted to start with, with Jaden Daniels because during the media session last week, I listened to Jaden, and he was self-critical. Talked about improving recognition, making plays when they presented themselves, a real contrition on his part. And he got a good rhythm to start the game that carried throughout the first half, career-high five passing touchdowns. And I thought in his time in the game, operated the offense really, really well. He did. I mean, anytime you uh, lead uh, a team to uh, the kind of success we had, what, 10 consecutive touchdowns on 10 consecutive drives, I mean, that's good against uh, a flag football team. I mean, it's hard to execute uh, at that level um, for so long and maintain your focus, your concentration, uh, your level of intensity, all the things that we've talked about. Ten straight times is uh, pretty impressive. And I I think, you know, he played well. Um, I think he bounced back from what was an uneven performance, not a bad performance against Fuller State, but uneven. 
and I think he found the things that he needs to work on. And, and some of them were, you know, maybe some of the red zone passes that weren't as accurate that they need to be. So he was out there working them. Uh, I came in this morning around a uh, little after 7. He was just leaving. He had been in since 5.30 in the morning, you know, putting his work in. So here's a guy that is so committed to being the best he can be, and that's all you can ask when somebody is that committed to what he's doing. You know, and I wanted to, to comment uh, without question. I thought Coach Denbrock did an excellent job and Jaden following suit in distributing the football. I mean, yeah. everybody was involved. You really had your full weaponry on display. Yeah, and I think we had uh, you know a couple of times where we could have got Malik the ball. We missed him, but, you know, we had 13 targets, uh, and that's what we want. We want to target Malik you know, quite a bit. Um, but, you know, Brian Thomas, you know, obviously had a big catch. You know, Chris Hilton, you know, got over the top of the defense. Aaron Anderson got some really good touches. Um, you know, uh, Kyron Lacey. So all of our top guys, you know, got got the football. Our backs caught the football. So, you know, again, keep distributing, keep moving the ball around. Um, I think that that's the essence of this offense. We got our first real look at Logan Diggs at running back in an LSU uniform. Uh, first 100-yard-plus performance by a back this season. 15 carries, 115 yards, one score. Average just under eight yards per carry. And, you know, I were listening and talking to people this week who played the game, and obviously I didn't. And they all said to me, we liked the way he ran the football regardless of who the competition was. There right. are just certain things you can see about a running back, and they liked it. Um, how did you see uh, his debut on Saturday? Yeah, we, we, like, we like his poise, composure, toughness, uh, ability to turn a three-yard run into a 10-yard run. Um, and, and he's got really good ball skills, uh, understands our protection. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be such a competitive balance uh, that we're going to have to strive for because you've got him and Josh Williams. You've got the, you know, Caleb Jackson, the the young man uh, who's who's kind of trying to, you know, find some reps for him. Noah Kane, and then John Emery's back this week, and and you know we we think he's an outstanding back. So there's five running backs right there that we all have to try to find some touches for. You know, I asked you this prior to the opening game of the season because we were looking at that deep running back room. And as you've said and, and have said going back to the spring, hey, we're looking for one, maybe two guys uh, that makes the separation to be kind of the, the, the carrier of the load, so to speak. But when you mention all those names that you did, um, is it integral to – I mean, do you then game plan without giving away any secrets – the skill sets from each of those, depending on down a distance, score of the game, time of the game, all of that? Oh, yeah. You'll see John in in certain situations. You'll see Williams in. You know, Logan's probably a little bit more of a guy that you can play on any down. Uh, Williams is the same thing. So, you know, each one of them has a little bit of a different skill set. Some of them uh, we want to feature uh, in certain situation so um, I think by and large all five of the guys you're going to see on Saturday but but in different roles yes again the offense as I said looking very crisp last week and, and so much starts up front with the offensive line and uh, we saw Lance Hurd a true freshman come in as you told us Emory would move over move in so to speak to guard uh, after seeing it on the film breaking it down or seeing it on the field rather in real time and then breaking it down on film what do you think of Hurd's play number one and more importantly the fluidity uh, of the overall offensive line? Well, I thought we got really good play uh, from Garrett Dellinger. That was probably his best game that he's played. And, 
you know, again, I mean, Garrett knows that he wasn't playing against a two-time, you know, uh, you know, Outland Trophy winner, but he was playing against a, an athletic player, but he was able to move him around. It was a really good game for Garrett. I thought Charles Turner, our center, played very, very well. Um, I think what happens when you move Lance Hurd in, and, and he did he did fine. He actually did better than fine. He played really well. You gain a lot uh, of athleticism when you move um, uh, Jones down the guard because he can pull. He can do some things that, that um, you know, maybe we didn't have within our offensive structure. So that's where we change a little bit in terms of our offense. We become a team that can pin and pull, pull the guard, you know, run some power, do some things that maybe we haven't done in the past um, you know, when we have Emory at guard. You know, how much does it help when a guy like Emory Jones Jr., who I heard talking to the media this week, said, I'm having fun learning both positions. I think it's going to help the team moving forward. Yeah. And and it goes without saying, it's going to help him moving forward. No doubt. I mean, you take a guy like Emory that, that has had, you know, a lot of experience at right tackle. Now he's playing right guard. You know, he's a guy that could easily play center, too. I mean, the, the versatility, the athletic uh, ability – uh, he's just going to help himself later. But right now he's helping the Tigers uh, put together a pretty good offensive line. Well, it was great to see that million-dollar smile on his face when talking about playing both positions. Fan Seat Geek, now the official ticket marketplace of LSU Athletics. So whether you're buying or selling football tickets, remember Seat Geek, the place to do it. Seat Geek, so Tiger fans can fan. Stay with us, everybody. Coming up, we'll break down last week's win, then we'll look ahead. We're back on the Brian Kelly Show live from TJ Ribs after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. First down and 10, now playing on the Grambling side of the field. Daniels looking to air it out. Has a man open at the six-yard line right down the middle of the field. Chris Hilton, Jr. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. 47-yard strike. Boom. More coming your way from TJ Ribs and Baton Rouge. This is the Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. As always, LSU Athletics would like to thank its team LSU corporate partners, Cox, McDonald's, Our Lady of the Lake, Albertsons, Coca-Cola, People's Health, and Hancock Whitney. Welcome back into the show. Moving along here as we continue to talk about last week's 72 to 10 win over Grambling, get the Tigers 1-1 one one on the season, and then we'll move ahead talk about Mississippi State coming up before we're through. Coaches, we mentioned in the last segment uh, the offense ready to go right out of the gate. Grambling also had a plan that was, uh, I guess, to try and move quickly, try to get quick snaps, catch LSU maybe on their heels, possibly out of position, etc. cetera. Uh, and they've got good players, as we said on the show, that are coming into that legendary venue yeah. uh, that want to show what they can do. It should be noted, however, they scored 10 points for the game. Those 10 came in the first quarter. But early on, what was leading to their success and, and what needed to be adjusted to get the defense for LSU on solid footing? Well, we didn't tackle very well. We had uh, three, four, we had five missed tackles that, that led to, um, you know, essentially 50 to 60 more yards uh, in total run game where we had, you know, free opportunities and we just, uh, out of control, a little bit too hyped up, not not in a, a good position to tackle. So some missed tackles. And then, um, you know, when when you see some of those big runs on third down, it's because we are in a pass coverage situation, and everybody has a gap. So if I've got the B gap, i got to be in the B gap. 
if if I think you know, well, you know, it's a passing situation. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to go all the way around to the C gap because I think I can sack the quarterback. Well, if they run the ball in the B gap, that was your B gap. So getting a little bit more disciplined with our defensive linemen doing their job, we jumped out of a couple of gaps um, and created some running space. And then to exacerbate it, um, we didn't get the ball on the ground. We missed some tackles. You know, once we cleaned that up, had um, a very gentle, easy, loving conversation at halftime about it, um, <laughs> a lot of hugging, um, they stayed in their gaps, and, and we tackled a lot better in the second half. Everyone excited to see Mason Smith back up front defensively. Obviously, as you told us last week, there's going to be some ramp-up time just simply from the fact he's been off the field for so long. Uh, but what did you like about him getting the rust off a little bit and also the play overall with, with Makai and, and everybody up front? Well, so so he he brings a lot of – what he brings to – our defense is a toughness and, and a tenacity, and that is that is Mason. So just having him, you know, uh, on the field, you know, heightens our entire defense. So uh, getting getting the rust off him was probably the most important thing. Uh, having him and his presence out there is equally as important. Uh, and, and he'll play himself into – uh, the dominating player that he is, but he needs to play. And, and this weekend, uh, he'll play even better than he did last weekend. Um, you know, Makai, you know, it, look, he plays, plays well because he's a disciplined player. Um, but, I, but I thought Jefferson and, and Gilroy were probably the best defensive tackles that we had on the field in terms of run. Uh, they were disciplined. Uh, they held the point. Um, they were they were outstanding, and and so that rotation needs to continue. We got to get those guys in the game, and we got to keep playing them. You know, I think about going into SEC play and the schedule that you alluded to earlier uh, here over the next three to four weeks, and I think about having Guillory um, as well as Jefferson, Taylor, and, and Wingo, yeah. and, and the ability to have that uh, that rotation. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. And we're gonna add we're gonna add to that. You know, we're, you're gonna see. Um, you know, as things kind of move on, you're going to see Deshaun Womack this this week. You know, he's ready to play. Uh, you're going to see Wiggins. You know, he's getting ready. So, we we've got some guys that are that are getting ready to to play more football this weekend. You'll you'll see Deshaun Womack play a much more prominent role, and and we'll keep adding those guys to the defensive line. And and I think. Uh, they're going to be really successful. Moving to the second level of the defense, Harold Perkins Jr., I think would finish with one official tackle in the game, and it was a highlight one in open field. Uh, but a couple of quarterback hurries, I think one leading to a, an eventual interception by Greg Penn. So obviously Harold had an impact on yeah. the game, even if you look and say, well, there's one tackle. Yeah, and, and look, Crowley's a really good quarterback, and, and Hugh Jackson's a really good football coach. And I don't know if everyone really appreciated what what he was doing, but they were three-step drop, and the ball was coming out under two seconds. It's sometimes 2.3, 2.4 seconds. You can't get to the kid. I mean, I mean, it, you got to get your hands up. You got to deflect balls. You got to knock them down. The times that that he did have some time, you know, we flushed him out of the pocket, and um, you know, Harold was chasing him. But the ball came out really, really fast, and and in those situations. Uh, it's almost impossible to get to the quarterback. You know, I thought it was a great use of the second quarter clock. Uh, you started to get some separation there as the second quarter was coming to a close. You utilized your timeouts efficiently. And it kind of felt like, to me, 
in that sequence that if you could get the ball back with some time, go down and score, make it a possible 42-10 to 10 game at the half, that would give you the opportunity to get some more players out there for that desperate needed game time. And as it turned out, you guys able to go out there and perform. Yeah, we had talked about it. And, you know, I used the timeouts on defense because um, we said, look, let's – we were going to play our guys through probably a couple of series in the third quarter. And and I was talking to um, Matt and said, listen, we're going to use our timeouts here um, because I, I want to get a two-minute drill in. I mean, I think it's important that we get one. We had a really good one at the end of the half against Florida State, and I wanted to get another one in. And so – uh, we did, executed it really well, and we were able to go down and score right before the half. Before we go to break, let's go to some questions here from a great crowd at TJ Ribs once again. This is uh, Jeff from Denham Springs. Coach, how does practice change now that SEC play has started? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a heightened awareness when you get into the SEC. I mean, no disrespect to any opponent, but when you get into the SEC, I think everybody's attention kind of um, is is grabbed uh, because they know the opponents. They know the players they're going against. They know they're playing outstanding players. And, you know, you, you have to prepare really well because they're doing the same thing. You know, they, they've got really good coaches. They, they've got all the resources as well. So I just think everybody's heightened in terms of their awareness. And so practice becomes a little bit more. And, again, when you're going against a, a team like Mississippi State that does so much defensively, um, you better be locked in. You can't come to practice and not be prepared. Well, Jeff took one of my questions later in the show, but now that we've talked about it, when you talk about that heightened awareness, is it something that has to be said, or, or does it sound like to me just everybody kind of knows it, or do, or do you have to point it out? There's a couple of people that I'll gently remind, uh, gently, um, <laughs> maybe loudly remind them. But by and large, our guys are starting to realize what this preparation is about and, and how to prepare, you know, properly, physically, mentally, tactically, technically. And, and so um, there's some young guys that are still kind of thinking that, you know, they're in high school and they're the best player and they're just going to show up. And they're, they're starting to figure that that's not going to be the case and you can't operate that way. But they're learning and um, figuring it out as we go. All right, let's sneak in this one from Peyton. He wants to know, Coach, what's the biggest thing, one thing you've learned from your team from the first two games of the season? Um, I would say that, number one, that they care. I mean, this is a group that cares about um, what they do and how they do it. Number two is if I ask them to do something and I'm specific about what I ask them to do, they're going to do it. So it challenges me every day that, that I don't leave any stone unturned, that I ask them to do the right things every single day. And if, if I ask them to do something, um, they want to do it, and, and that's a really good thing. The Waterburger Junior Broadcaster Program fans uh, gives the uh, Tiger fans between 6 and 12 the opportunity to be interviewed on the LSU Sports Radio Network LSU Game Day Show before every home game. So you can sign up today, lsusports.net slash junior broadcaster for your chance to win. Winners also receive four tickets to the next home game. Whataburger, just like you like it. We'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll talk about this week's preparation. Later, that scouting report on Mississippi State, who the Tigers will tangle with in Starkville coming up this Saturday. Back right after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Daniels, long snap count. Here comes Neighbors. And, again, Neighbors is going to get the 
Handoff, Neighbors gets to the far sideline, and Neighbors tiptoes his way into the end zone. Touchdown! Fighting Tigers, seven-yard gain. Great block on the edge by Mason Taylor. That made a clear runway for Malik Neighbors to score. The very latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. This is The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back here Thursday night, Brian Kelly's show. Means LSU's going to play some football on Saturday, 11 a.m. or thereabouts, just after 11. Davis Wade Stadium, uh, the rivalry renewed, Mississippi State and LSU. We're here every Thursday night at TJ Ribs, official barbecue restaurant of LSU Athletics, home to our head coaches' shows all season long. Of course, we invite you to get out here. It is a hard seat to get, but come on out and join us. 2324 South Acadian Thruway. Order online anytime at tjribs.com. I, I dare say, Coach, this is one of the, the hottest seats on a Thursday night in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. And if it's not, we're going to say it is. <laughs> it looks crowded to me every time I'm here. Yeah. I mean, this group has been great. I mean, I, I expected when we came in after the Florida State game to be me and with, you, me and you, hand grenades, and and it was <laughs> it was an awesome crowd, um, and they were supportive, and it's been a great crowd for the last two years. Coach, before we move on from last week, uh, we've kind of touched on it a couple of times across uh, both offense and defense. A number of Tigers got into the game. Der- Denver Harris, we saw at corner start the action. Uh, LaTerrence Welch got in. Of course, I thought Zy Alexander played a good game. He had a, some key tackles, also had two key pass breakups. Uh, Eric uh, on the LSU Sports Mobile app, he's from Walker. He wrote in today, uh, your assessment of both Harris and Welch and, and the likelihood of seeing more of them down the road. Uh, Harris is going to play more. Uh, he'll continue to play. I think Ashton Stamps you're going to see. Uh, Deuce Chestnut you're going to see a little bit more of, uh, probably a little bit more. I think he's – look, th- this has been um, – a process for what we're teaching and it's a little bit new for some of these guys uh so we've been really i think uh hard on them in the sense that if you don't do it this way then then you're not going to get on the field so they've really adapted to what we're teaching and after the florida state game where we had the ball thrown over our head we just like this is not going to be acceptable um and 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 until you understand how we're going to play the technique here, um, if you don't want to play it that way, you're going to watch from the sideline. And our, I'll give Coach Steeples and I'll give our corners a lot of credit. They have worked really, really hard at, at some new techniques that we're asking them to employ, and they're getting better. So, you, you know, Zai is getting really, uh, I think, much more proficient in terms of his break on the football. He's got to continue to work on his tackling. Um I think Denver's getting better just fundamentally in the things. You know, he in high school, listen, these guys would just line up and just press guys, you know, and just would be better. Now he's going against, you know, guys that are of equal ability. So he's learning how to utilize new techniques, and he's getting better there. Uh, LT, you know, again, a guy who we love. He's got a great personality, but he's got to get better in his technique as well. Deuce Chestnut's got a lot of savvy, smart around the ball, but but he's got to stay over the top of the ball. He's not four three, you know. He he's got to play smart, and and he can play corner at any level. He's just got to play a lot smarter. And I thought he had a great week of understanding that. And I think if he continues to do that, he can help us. 
Garrett Nussmeyer took over the reins, as we mentioned, to start that third quarter. Eventually, we would see Ricky Collins, again, the true freshman quarterback. Hard to put a value on that experience for both of them. Uh, great to see Nussmeyer punching in at the goal line, uh, as we saw LSU move the quarterback under center there at the one-yard line. But he got a solid push, and, uh, you know, he's one of those type A competitors. He was not going to be denied. Yeah, we even got a mock chair from the crowd. I thought that was awesome, you know, because <laughs> we went under center. I actually said on the air, I said, you could hear this applause from across the state. Yeah. Of course, if we did that all the time, we'd probably get booed because our offense would be so boring. But having said that, we need to be a little bit more uh, direct snap in that area because accordingly, um, you, you have the ability to run downhill. So we'll feature that a little bit more. And it's part of our offense. We just have to feature it a little bit more. But having said that, I thought Garrick did a nice job when he came in. He made some really nice touch throws. Obviously, the touchdown pass uh, that should have uh, probably been a touchdown pass was a beautiful throw. It just uh, he's he's a, he's an exceptional quarterback. He does a great job. And it was great to see Ricky out there because yeah. you can sense I got to see him at, at, during practice and and a couple of scrimmages. Uh, but to see his athleticism, and, and again, just oh, be yeah. out there and have some poise running the it, offense. Well, his presence, too. I mean, he's a big kid. I didn't, I keep looking up at him. I'm like, man, that is a big <laughs> kid. He's like 6'3", and he's got a great presence about him, and he's learning, and uh, he's got a strong arm. He's got all the tools. So um, just just love watching him grow and mature each and every day. 72-10, to 10, the final score, just the fifth time in LSU football history. The Tigers went for 70-plus in a game well sec play will begin saturday we're going to flip the script talk about that after this quick break on the brian kelly show right here on the lsu sports radio network taking their time now relaying the play nussmeyer now talking to the offensive line and it appears he will work under center here motion to receiver and thomas under center is nussmeyer nussmeyer going to keep follow behind his big line and he'll get three yards into the end zone Touchdown, Fighting Tigers, Garrett Nussmeyer. With a quick look back, then a preview of what lies ahead. The latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back here getting ready to go on the road with the Tigers on Saturday. It'll be Mississippi State and LSU coming your way at 11 o'clock. Our broadcast day will start uh, bright and early, 9 a.m. with LSU game day. Coach, you touched on it uh, earlier, but I wanted to go back uh, for those who maybe missed the first part of the show. Each day so far in preparation, everything involved, film study and, and practice actually on the field, the energy and focus you think uh, required for this week going up against the opponent you will face. Oh, yeah, they clearly understand what it's going to take to beat uh, Mississippi State at Mississippi State. They've been on the road. Now, look, when you get into the game, uh, we're going to find out a lot more about the the grit and the resolve and resilience of this team. Look, we didn't know much about our football team last year until we went on the road, right? We had to come back. Uh, we had a deficit against Auburn that we had to overcome. Florida, we had to overcome that deficit on the road. So, there's going to be adversity, and, and so how do you handle adversity? We didn't handle it very well, quite frankly, against Florida State. So the, the questions remain, how will we handle adversity? Now, I, I like the group. I like what they're doing. They're working hard. They're putting in the time, um, but they still have to handle it. And so, you know, those are the questions still remaining about this football team is about how do we handle uh, the adversity that is – 
undoubtedly going to strike, you know, when you play an SEC team on the road. Go out to a question here uh, from Stephen, who's basically at just about every uh, coach's show here, and we appreciate that. He's got a question we'll get in this week. Coach, what do you prefer on the road, a game at night uh, or, or a night home game, I should say, or an 11 a.m. road game? 11 a.m. is – I would be fine with an 11 a.m. Uh, road game if you didn't have to drive an hour. We have to drive an hour to the site, and that makes it a whole lot more difficult like if the hotel was 10 minutes away or, you know, 15 minutes away, I would be fine, you know, call it a business trip, right? Go in there, beat the team, come back here, be bat- back in Baton Rouge by 530, you know, then you got a great Saturday night. But a, an hour trip, um, I would prefer a, a night game in that situation. Do you think at all, and, and I could be totally off base here, is that, if you go to a stadium uh, in the SEC and they're all great venues and they're all tough to play in, if you're going on the road, is there any advantage, or am I crazy again, that it starts at 11 a.m. because maybe there's not enough time to hydrate? I mean, they're still going to be there, and they're still going to be on top of the Tigers as best they can, but it is at 11 as opposed to 6 or 7 at night. Oh, absolutely. The The crowd is going to be a little bit different. But, uh, look, I I, – I think that's overrated. I think if you play really well, you quiet down the crowd. They'll keep drinking, which is great, but it quiets the crowd down. It quiets the cowbells. It quiets all that stuff. If you play really well, you create the atmosphere in the stadium. If we didn't play well against Grambling, it would not have been a great atmosphere because there wouldn't have been anything to cheer about. But our players played well, and so there was a great atmosphere. It's not that our fans wouldn't be enthusiastic. They would be at the time. But to create a great atmosphere, you've got to play well. If you don't play well, it's not a great atmosphere. And I think you go on the road, if you play well, um, you kind of quiet that stuff down. And that will be our goal, and that will be our job. All right, we've talked about the crowd, we've talked about the time, we've talked about the cowbells. We'll take this break, we come back, and we'll start talking about the actual Bulldogs. LSU will take on Mississippi State this coming Saturday. We'll talk about it right after this on the Brian Kelly Show, live on the LSU Sports Radio Network. From the 41 on third down, Crawley again running for his life. Perkins on the chase and the throw, going to be bobbled, and I believe intercepted. On the tip drill, LSU comes up with a turnover. Greg Penn able to find the football in the air and hold on for the turnover. As we continue, time now for this week's scouting report on the Brian Kelly Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. As I mentioned, 117th meeting all time between Mississippi State and LSU coming up this weekend, a series that started way back in 1896 when the Tigers got the win 52 to nothing. Yes. LSU leads the overall series. In fact, the Tigers have won 25 of the last 29, including seven of the last 10. Um, But, Coach, when I think of an SEC battle, when I think back to, to my love growing up of college football and I thought SEC comes to mind, Mississippi State and LSU, physical, gritty, and I know programs have certainly changed and developed different styles over the many years. I still expect a rock fight on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I think going there. And, and Zach Arnett, the head coach, kind of brings that demeanor to his football team, a defensive coach. you know. And, and look, Coach Leach, God bless him, um, he brought a football team that, you know, certainly the defense was at a disadvantage because of the way they played. 
but he could score points. And if you look at their games last year where they outscored A&M, where they outscored, um, you know, some really good football teams, um, that that offense really suited them in one sense, and that was outscoring. But now they've got great balance. They've got a run ball control offense with a really stubborn defense, and and that's a recipe for winning. And Mississippi State's interested in in not what it looks like, but at the end of the day, getting wins. And I think this suits them really well. You know, I asked uh, someone that uh, I know at Appalachian State. I talked to him about uh, Coach Barbe, who now is the OC uh, for Coach Arnett at Mississippi State, and he said, "You know, when you hear the cliche, it's a true cliche." that they will take what you give them. He said, that's what I think about when I think about Coach Barbe offensively. He has shown that in the first two weeks. The only difference is they are evolving offensively from a air raid offense, which is they're going from really uh, the wishbone <laughs> to uh, power eye. I mean, that's how great of a change this is offensively. So there is an evolution that they're going through, and this offense is only going to get better as the weeks go on. Uh, Rodgers is a veteran quarterback. He's got 35 starts in the SEC, so you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got a really good offensive line. You've got an outstanding back. So the, this, this offense is going to get better. We're catching him a little bit earlier, so their installation is not where it will be. Um, but it's it's going to be pretty good. You talk about the, the contrasting uh, differences from a year ago in the last couple of years. I looked it up today. Will Rogers, who, as you said, one of the more veteran guys in the country, uh, was used to throwing 50, 60 passes a game. He had 97 pass attempts last year in the first two weeks. Through two games this year, he has 46. Yeah. Um, but you pointed out on Monday – yeah, you can look at those numbers, but the one theme that continues is he is very accurate when he does throw. 13 for 17 this past weekend, over 200 yards, you know, and, and his efficiency in terms of touchdowns to interceptions is really, really good. So you've got a high-level quarterback who's smart, who's not going to turn the football over. They're going to play to their defense. They're going to do a really good job in special teams. They have two of the more dynamic return men in terms of a punt return, kick return. Look, everybody knows the recipes here, right? Play really good special teams, you know, outstanding defense, take care of the football, and uh, that's been, you know, we've seen that at LSU in the in past, and, and that's won a championship. So uh, Mississippi is, is kind of going back to that kind of style. You know, real quickly, here's another interesting stat for you. Jaquavius Marks, who is the featured running back, he's one reception shy of tying the all-time receptions record at Mississippi State, and he's been a running back his entire career, but he will run the football and he will be involved in the passing attack as well. We'll take a quick timeout. We come back. We'll talk about the defense a little bit and then some last minutes with uh, Coach Brian Kelly here on this week's show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Back right after these words. Jackson going right side on the handoff. Caleb Jackson into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. Jackson's first touchdown as an LSU Fighting Tiger from five yards out. Extends the lead. Make it 55-10 LSU. Putting a wrap on this week's show. One last word from Coach on the Brian Kelly Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. 
Coach, as you mentioned, Zach Garnett, uh, known for his defense, uh, now the head coach of Mississippi State. I don't expect to see a lot of changes, and I could be wrong. We talked about no. the changes offensively, but defensively I think uh, you know what you're going to get. But, you know, a couple of guys that stand out to me are Jet Johnson and then his colleague at linebacker, uh, Nathaniel Watson. Uh, they both lead the team in tackles. They're two of the top tacklers in the SEC thus far. Jet Johnson led the league last year. Um, again, when you look at that front seven, when you want to be able to run the ball, what's the challenge? Well, I think, first of all, the games up front, you have to be able to manage um, the games because there is so much movement up front. You've got to be on the same course. You've got to be able to pick your spots. And if you do, um, as you know, late in the game, you know, Amani Goodman hits a big run late and, and kind of is the dagger that puts that game away. So, you know, you can get some big ones. But as I said earlier, it's patience, right? You, you, it's, you, you might get two, three, four, three, four, and then, bang, you hit a big one for 30, 40, 50 yards. So I think patience in the running game is really key because they're going to twist and stunt and, and hit a couple of the calls. But if, you, if you're patient and you work together, um, I think you got a chance to, to hit a couple of big ones. Real quick before we go, 431 yards for Arizona last week, 340 through the air. What has to happen for LSU to have success throwing the football? I think just take what they give you, you know, kind of what we talked about with what they're doing at, uh, you know, Mississippi State. You know, they're going to give you some throws. You've got to be patient. You can't be forcing the ball. And recognize what you're getting for coverages. When you get man-to-man, take advantage of the matchups. When it's zone, don't try to force it into, you know, the coverage uh, because you're going to get some drop eight. You're going to get some uh, different coverage looks, uh, recognizing the coverages and, and, and being patient again. If you're patient, make make your players make some plays in space. Coach, looking forward to this matchup and uh, looking forward to going over with you and the team tomorrow. Get them there and safe. Best of luck on Saturday. We'll see you in Stark Vegas. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, that wraps up the show. Thanks to Coach, the folks here at TJ Ribs, Brady Fister, and our straw stirring the drink in the studio, Alondra Villarreal. Join us next week, same Tiger time, same Tiger channel. Until then, this is Chris Blair. So long, everybody, and go Tigers! This has been The Brian Kelly Show, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Join us each week of the season for the very latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. The Brian Kelly Show is an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. A division of Playfly Sports.